Charlotte Felcher, host of the Kid Fun and More podcast on Word of Mom Radio. I've written several books on creative play for kids, including my latest, Kid Fun 401 Easy Ideas for Play. On our podcast, we'll talk to people who care about kids in many different ways. Experts, entrepreneurs, psychologists, parents, teachers, and others. While learning about their line of work and special interests, We'll also talk about their memories of fun they had when they were young. I'll also share a kid fun tip that we hope will enrich your experience with kids. And now it's time for our guest. I'm honored to introduce you to Dr. Kathy Hirsch-Pasek, whom I've had the great pleasure of knowing for so many years. Kathy, it might be 30 years. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Maybe 20. Kathy Hirsch-Pasek is the Lefkowitz Faculty Fellow in Psychology at Temple University and a Senior Fellow at the Brookings Institution. Her research examines the development of early language and literacy, the role of play in learning and technology. She is the author of 14 books and hundreds of publications. She's won numerous awards in her field and was inducted into the National Academy of Education. Vested in translating science for lay and professional audiences, her book, Becoming Brilliant, released in 2016, was on the New York Times bestseller list in education. I'm so jealous. That's just wonderful. <laughs> Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Charlotte. It's always great to see you. And, you know, I wish everybody could see you with your bright blue glasses. Well, <laughs> I mine, mine are purple. We make a great team. We do. We do. Well, my kids picked this out. They said, if you're going to do Zooming, you got to have bright blue glasses. So I said, OK, it's cool. And and I turned a certain age and I was shopping for glasses and it was like purple. I'm doing it. <laughs> so, Kathy, this background is so impressive. But how did you get here? I don't think I know that. I don't know where you grew up, how many siblings you had. Were you into play as a kid? So oh, yeah. tell us a little bit I, about a that. I'm a player. I really am. I, I've kind of made, you know, a hobby into a profession, profession into a hobby, that kind of thing. Uh, I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, hmm. and I had a mom who liked to play, too, and a dad who liked to play. And I had a little brother who is now much bigger than I am. He's uh, two years my junior, and I'm happy that he lives in uh, Philadelphia as well with That's his great grandkids and his wonderful wife. So we just have a huge, happy group that really gets off on doing crazy stuff together. Sometimes we invent it. Sometimes it's real, you know, oh, inventing it. That's what kid fun's all about. I love yeah. that. My yeah. mother loved to play Scrabble. This was our favorite thing. We'd eat ice cream sundaes. We played Scrabble and we watch old musicals. I love it. I love it. That is exactly the way to go. Okay. So were you always fascinated by play? Like when did it become a philosophical point of view for you? 
Well, look, Charlie, you really know when you when you watch children, you realize that what's going on in those little minds, it's like lightning bolts all the time. And they're the ones who are discovering things that you and I can't even see anymore. You know, they're the ones who are still fascinated by the slugs under the rocks. They're the ones who are watching those ants as they march in a line. Um, They're the ones who are making up new games as they kick balls in a field. And so I think the more that we become good observers of our children and tap into their world, the more refreshing it is for us, the more possibilities we see, and we unleash learning and creativity for our children. So as I was going through, um, you know, developmental psychology, I was studying language acquisition, and I found that the very best place to learn about how kids develop language was to watch very carefully when you were standing around a pool. You know, mm. those kids would come up to you, two and three and four year olds, and they come up to their parents with these long things about what just happened when they wanted to play in the Marco Polo game, but they couldn't play in the Marco Polo game. And the sophistication of the language structure was unbelievable. And we should all be amazed. They do this even before they could tie their shoes. And, you so- know, Kathy, you use the word refreshing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that wide eyed wonder. Exactly. of a young child that is so beautiful. If yeah. only we all kept that wonder. Well, I think it's up to, it's kind of up to us to do it. You know, a lot of us are very burdened and we don't take the moments to just see the magic in the world around us. And there is a lot of it, whether it's the rainbows that appear after a heavy rain or, you know, or whether it's just the way things sound when you want to follow them or the way shadows appear and what the heck's a shadow anyway. And, <laughs> right. you know, somehow we, we lost that magic, that awe. You know, when I took art history at Temple University, I learned how to look mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just That's like exactly when right. you just said shadows, I thought of that, like, yeah. where's the shadow? Like, and I would start to, and I started to paint a little, not very well, but the shadows really mattered. The depth perception really mattered. And I realized I wasn't really seeing like you have to see when you want to paint something like a child sees, they see it all. They just take it all in. Uh, I could talk about that forever. So I knew you first when music was very important in your life. That's right. Absolutely right. And you had a musical group called Commotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And some of my listeners know that I have a public relations business. And that's how we first met when I publicized what you were doing with the kids. So music was in your life, too. Oh, very much in my life. We did, um, did, wow, five albums of children's music with commotion. And then I did another two with uh, an educational program I did for the Jewish Community Centers of uh, North America under Pirkei Vote was one and, and mm. some work with what we called Captain Tikkun in the lights of Zohar. Zo! <laughs> it was really, so. it was really a lot of fun. But again, you know, play becomes the medium through which children were able to understand quite sophisticated moral behaviors. They were able to really uh, process history lessons relationships and learn how to interact with people. So the more we look at it, 
you know, with these lives where I like to play, I like to sing, I like to, you know, do things with kids. And on the other hand, I'm watching this as a developmental psychologist. I just thought, wow, if only we could share this world with adults, if only they could learn to see like you learn to see as the artist and, and could figure out what the kid is really doing. I mean, let's just take one or two examples. When that young children, the young child is playing a clapping game with you, Mm -hmm. they're learning spatial rotation, which we call STEM in my field, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Wait a minute. When they do a drumming circle, Mm -hmm. they're actually learning what we call executive function skills in the fancy world, but that's about impulse control and memory and attention. It's unbelievable. When they play Simon Says, they're doing the same thing, learning how to inhibit their responses rather than to just be impulsive. How cool is that? When they are doing a puzzle, those kids are learning rotation of the pieces. How does it fit shapes and design? And I used to, I used to tell my kids when I taught kindergarten years ago, before I knew you the first time and um, laughing was on television. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And wasn't there a thing about here comes the judge? Oh yeah. I would have the kids be a judge and they would weigh (laughs) things by putting out two hands There you go. and we'd put objects on it and they'd be measuring, which is heavier. Mm-hmm. And they would lower their hand. That's all judgment skills. Everything they're doing is they're making choices, right? I call they're... it critical thinking, but yes. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so the terminology that you have, it's what I'm doing all the time, but I don't have that terminology. So no, this no, is no. great. You don't, you don't really need the terminology. I mean, it's just, you know, let's think about it for a moment. Like I always like to say that play, you know, in particular, the kind of guided play where we set up an environment and allow our children to explore it. Think Montessori, think Children's Museum, you know, curated stuff that people really thought about. But the kid is the discoverer in the environment, you know, has the agency to take control. What skills do you get? Well, I call them the six C's, the C of, of collaboration. They learn how to get along. They learn how to build community. They learn how to navigate social situations. How about the C of communication. When do you jump in? When do you learn how to wait? When is it important to listen? And when Mm -hmm. is it important to speak well? Or the C of content, where we're learning these spatial skills, these math skills for free, you know, learning narrative structure by telling stories and reading books with each other. What about critical thinking? This is what you were just talking about. What weighs more? How do you make a judgment call? What's the evidence? The C of creative innovation, not just slopping paint on a, on a white canvas, but putting it together in a way that makes sense and offers a beautiful palette of what the child's seeing. And the C of confidence, which means trying something, taking a risk. I'm not right all the time and neither are kids. And they have to learn that failure is great for them. We got to let them fail more so they become the Einsteins and the Edisons of the future. So the six C's come out of play. I love that. I've never heard that. I need to take your class, (laughs) but I thought it's really great. So you have done so many interesting things, and I thought we might highlight some of them just to learn more about you. Um, But you know what? Let's take a break. 
This has been so much fun. Let's take a break um, so that we can say thank you to our sponsors. And we'll be right back with Kid Fun and more on the Word of Mom Radio Network. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. We're back with Dr. Kathy Hirsch-Pasek. And we'll continue Kid Fun and More on Word of Mom Radio. Now, tell us about your role at Temple University. I'm a professor of psychology and uh, I have the Lefkowitz faculty fellow there. And um, I get to play with a wonderful group of students who teach me each and every day. Uh, And I am also at the Brookings Institution, where I am a senior fellow at the Center for Universal Education. So what's Brookings? So I read things, I see things online that you're doing, and, and I think it's just wonderful that this is such a great resource. But if I'm a listener... Uh-huh. Why, why would I turn to Brookings? Like, would I go online and read what they're saying about play? I would actually read what they're saying about everything, frankly. Um, Brookings is the major, one of the major think tanks in the United States um, that deals with international issues. We have at Brookings uh, a center for global studies. We have a metro center that talks about cities and the future of cities, how to design cities, you know, mm. so- they are more livable by real people. Um, they have a government, uh, you know, area. It's a, it's a very big deal, Brookings. And uh, I'm just honored to even be part of the Brookings system. So, um, you know, some of the experts that end up at Brookings are people who had been in government positions and rotated off. Uh, scholars who decided that they want to do more in impact. Um, as opposed to just writing theoretical papers that few and, people read. And you're and you present on education, on play? <clears throat> education and play and language and literacy. Yeah. So 
play is so important in education. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, but I have a great story. Mm-hmm. When um, I always had my kindergartners involved in creative dramatics, mm-hmm. that's how they learned. Mm-hmm. So when we learned about Christopher Columbus, they sat on the tables, these old wood tables, mm-hmm. and they rowed, even though they weren't really rowing, as Christopher Columbus to this new land, America. Mm-hmm. And one day, um, a mother came into me and she said, her little boy, Gregory, I can't believe I remember his name. Gregory was in the bathtub mm-hmm. and he was making this rowing, rowing motion. And she said, what are you doing? She said, He said, Mom, I'm Christopher Columbus. I discovered America. Mm, I love it. Yeah, our kids are brilliant. You know, if we if we just give them the chance. I remember uh, so many stories like that. We had a a fabulous teacher for my um, well, actually two of my children, but her name was uh, is Ginger Pfeiffer. She's like the best teacher I've ever seen in my life. And I so respect teachers. I just think teachers are amazing people. You know, they, they get it. If the whole world could understand what teachers would be, we'd be running much more easily, I think, in the world. But anyway, um, so this incredible teacher was teaching myths to young children. And I remember I thought, OK, OK, I'm, I'm a mom. I'm jumping on board here. We're going to read myths. So we go get mythology books and I went <laughs> home, ready to read the mythology books. said to my son, wow. Okay, I bought a mythology book. Let's read about Icarus or whatever, the one who went around the sun and the wings, you know, melted and all that. And he says to me, which version do you have? Oh, my. So what do you mean, which version do I have? He said, well, you know, Mom, it's all about perspective. You know, that there are these different ways of doing the story. And I went, oh, my gosh, yes, there are. That's brilliant. How do you know that at age five, you know? Amazing. A great teacher. That's how he knows it. Great teacher. Great teacher. Mm. So a lot of it is, you know, if we explore other worlds and we learn about other people, I think it enriches our world and and play is one way. It's like a great equalizer and it offers access to many people from many different cultures. There's not a culture in the world where people don't play. Isn't that amazing? That's true. There's not a very true people don't play after war. People play. It's incredible. I heard about a family this week that escaped from Afghanistan. The minute the children landed in Qatar, the first thing they did was draw and play. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of, I'm, I'm very playful, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if that terrible experience happened to me and I could pick up a crayon or a pencil and just draw, right. just draw, whatever the emotion is yeah. would come out. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really something. So you you have all kinds of philosophies, playful learning landscapes, mm-hmm. the urban thinkscape. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us about some of these? Sure. You know, play is so playful learning in particular is so important for helping children. It's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like gymnastics for the mind. And I love thinking about what mental gymnastics could we do, not just in school where children spend only 20% of their waking time, but also outside of school where we're 80% of our waking time. How can we enrich it? And how can we give all people access to intergenerational ways of, of having fun 
and yet growing and exercising our minds. So we invented Playful Learning Landscapes and people can look at some of our designs. It's at playfullearninglandscapes.com, all smushed together as one word. And, um, and there you'll see that Urban Thinkscape is, why does a bus stop have to be a boring old bus stop? Mm-hmm. People are sitting there waiting at a bus stop. So what happens? People take out their phones, And everybody's sitting there looking at their phones like there's no other humans at the bus stop. Now imagine that you change it and you have hopscotchy games where kids can practice that executive function scale of impulse control and flexibility and attention and memory. (laughs) What about maps where you can practice some of the spatial learning and STEM skills that will build early mathematics? What about Abilities to tell stories where you're building the very brains that are going to later have to do narrative and reading. And it all happens right there at a bus stop while you're having fun with other people. Mm. What happened? The phones went down. The play went up. People started talking with one another again, and they started talking about the very things that we had built into the architecture of the space. So we're now doing this around the world. And uh, I just got off a three-hour design session for things we're going to put in Santa Ana, California. We're going to start seeing abacuses at bus stops. Can you imagine? Oh, that's great. That's what I was trying to think. What else could you put there? Not hopscotch, but and things on the walls, right? Anything, anything. I mean, really, your imagination is the only limit. Imagine that I have a space on a sidewalk where I paint different geometry forms. And your job is to get from square one to square eight, only jumping on the triangles. Can you do it? (laughs) So Kathy, you're saying one thing and then I'm going to, oh, that's just like, uh, there's there's so many examples that we are so similar. Mm -hmm. Um, In my book, I always have a chapter on my books called In Waiting Times. So you're sitting in the doctor's office. That's one time when parents and kids really have quality time together and the kids are anxious and they really want to be with their parents. And on the wall is a picture. There's Uh not much around, but there's a picture. Well, make up a story about that picture, right? It might just be a house, but who lives in it? Do they have a dog? How many kids live there? What What do they love to eat? Um, What's their favorite? I'll I'll give you even a bigger challenge here. So now it's okay. That we go into that doctor's office this is my challenge for all the people who are physicians out there, people who run hospitals out there. I want to go in and change what a waiting room looks like. Let's have different activities. Let's not have just a boring old picture on the wall. Let's mm-hmm. put a where's Waldo kind of game. Let's yeah. we have to find the shapes, connect the dots, do shadows. Imagine what you could do in a waiting room without transferring even one germ. Exactly. And adults would be looking for those Waldos, killing them just as much as children. Yes, they would. I totally love that. And shapes. Mm -hmm. What I like to do with shapes is make crazy animals. Yeah. So you take a shape and it's crazy. It's a crazy animal. So it could have 10 eyeballs on it. Yeah. Yeah. It could have four legs coming out of the head. It just doesn't matter. The crazier, the better. Yeah. Because That's creative. We, you know, I, I would always tell parents, don't say to your child, oh, what is it when they show them a piece of art that they drew? 
mm-hmm. just talk about the colors, the shape, the style. But if you say, what is it? And you don't recognize it, uh, then that might be disappointing. Right. <laughs> but if you make a, if you make a crazy animal, everything's just fine. And there's that wonderful story from uh, the little prince. That's a classic, right? Where the adults always go up to him and he, he did this beautiful picture really of a boa constrictor that swallowed an elephant and uh, it looked kind of like a hat. So every adult made the mistake of saying that's a hat. And uh, it says in the little prince, I think on page three or something. So now he's learned whenever he meets an adult, he gives them the test. And if they're dumb enough to say this is a hat, he knows they're probably not interesting. And he decides not to really deal with them on anything of deep concern or interest. (laughs) Well, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. I like that little boy. (laughs) Okay, another question. America's Promise Alliance. Yeah. What is that? Oh, it's a really cool. It's a really cool group that was started by Colin Powell. And, uh, and a lot of people that were working with him. And the idea was to try to up graduation rates in the country for children from under-resourced environments. And they have a group of pledges that they give. And they're just a remarkable organization. So I strongly suggest people take a peek. Um, they've done a really good job of, of making this a, a high-profile issue and of uh, helping to solve it. It's great. You are really there globally to make this world a better place. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that, you know, you keep trying. And, and I will say I've been super lucky. Nothing is ever done by one person. It's done by teams, as you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the people who I play with in the sandbox are just the most wonderful team and group of students and friends and folks who are willing to take crazy animals and fly with it. Well, if, you, if there's a little room, I want to play in that play, in that sure, sandbox. Sure. Always, always, Charlotte. Do you have a kid fun type memory that you would like to share? Well, you have so I, many because it's always doing something creative, not electronic, that uses stuff in the house. Yeah, well, I mean, it's really easy. You know, I used to play ball with crumpled up aluminum, uh, you know, foil. Mm. I, you know, made my own bowling lane one day. And I was very excited about that because I figured out with cardboard boxes, how to make the ball come back. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, When I was in middle school, I had decided that I really didn't like getting up in the morning for school. So I was going to be an inventor. So I invented these really cool ways of getting my clothes out of the closet without ever leaving my bed. <laughs> it's actually a heck of a lot more work, I'm sure. <laughs> now that I think of it, then what was there a wire? Oh yeah, no, we had I had wires, I had sticks that were long. I put them together. I, you know, was really into this. I <laughs> recipes. I will say my cantaloupe and peanut butter soup was one of my worst. I still do remember how awful it was. Oh, it reminds <clears throat> me of when I came home with the, with the recipe from junior high, middle school yeah. for brownies. And yeah. I got the baking powder mixed up with the salt Ooh, and, my, she, she, and my brother helped me. And it was just a disaster. I think he did it intentionally. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but I think, I think part of it is that, you know, there's so much you remember it and it's really fun. And I will tell you, Sharla, for me, at least, you know, that kind of experimentation has never, has never stopped. I mean, Playful Learning Landscapes is a bold 
experiment that we're now using to transform the way cities look. Mm. Um, we were just, you know, as I say, we were just on the phone with a group from Santa Ana, California, where the mayor's office and the parks department is now working with us to say, let's make parks look different. Let's make it wonderful for the families who go there. Here, I'll give you one thing we were talking about, you know, and we did this one day in Philadelphia too. We just put up a chalkboard and we said, what'd you play when you were little? What were your games out there? Think about them for a moment. Now, could you teach them to your grandkids, to the next generation? Now imagine what you're teaching them. Well, let's look at hand clapping games. I did tons of hand clapping games. And the hardest thing was figuring out how to rotate your hands. Uh, wait, did I just say STEM? Did I just say STEM? And finding patterns? Well, wait a minute. Did anybody play Foursquare? Did anybody try to flip cards against the wall? Come on out there. Of course you did. Of course. So all those games, those makeshift games, those games that you learn, the word games that you learn, the rhyming games that you learn, the alphabet games that you played, all of them have educational value as playful learning. So I think if we look a little bit harder, we will come to the conclusion that play, play is not frivolity. Deep down, if we open our eyes to see the world the way the child sees it, we see richness that can help every mind grow. I love it. Thank you so much, Kathy. This has been really great. Oh, I sure. want to throw in a kid fun memory of my not a memory so much as something I do with children I call it the bridge to adventure mm. and you take well my classroom with my building was built in 1898 oh my and gosh. The, the gym was really a closet for stuff mm-hmm. so we went to the quote gym took out an old bench but before we got there we made up a story where did we want to go when we crossed the bridge to adventure and if the kids wanted to go to a theme park, what did we do when we crossed the bridge? Maybe we got on a rocket ship and mm-hmm. they stood on a little chair and did a countdown and jumped off. I or maybe it. they went swimming in a pond and we took a rope and made a circle and they jumped in the pond and they went swimming. Well, Sharla, I want you to know that one of my kids' favorite games and my grandkids' favorite games is exactly the same. We have a little game when we wake up in the morning and it's called imagination is, and it goes like this imagination is when you're lying in bed, you close your eyes at that point, you have to rub your eye and open them somewhere else instead. Where are you? They can be anywhere. Kathy, how can people find out more about you? Uh, Well, a couple of ways. They can uh, come on Twitter if you like to tweet. We're at Kathy Row One, and we actually put up some of the latest, uh, the latest science that can help us in child development up there and commentary. We are also, uh, you can look up my website, kathyhirschpasick.com. But it's Hirsch, H-I-R-S-H. S-H, not S-C-H, S-H, right. So and it has a hyphen? Uh, no, in the website, I think there's not, but I'm not sure. And PASIC, spell PASIC. P-A-S-E-K. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. So if people want to know more, uh, write, be in, you know, be in touch or 
or check out what we've been doing. Also take a look at Playful Learning Landscapes. I think you'll find it's a lot of fun. And, and if you're a community that would like to make a bus stop into something more interesting or a rating room, be in touch because uh, we can really help you pull together the community to make that happen. So thank you to all your listeners and thank you to you, Shola. Oh, it was great spending this half hour with you, Kathy. Thank you so much. Sure, bye. Bye. On behalf of everyone here on Word of Mom Radio and the Word of Mom Media Network, thanks for tuning in to Kid Fun and More. We're going to close with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So till next time, this is Charlotte Felcher. And don't forget to visit my website, kidfunandmore.com for activities, information about my books, and much more. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Sure of herself. Yes, she takes care of biz. Powerful and strong. Yes, she knows who she is, has integrity, woman strong and true. You know her by name, see this woman is you. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold.